A warm welcome to Questions Worth Asking, a podcast where we capture and translate wisdom from multiple disciplines in order to fuel the next generation of changemakers. Hello, welcome to Questions Worth Asking. This is Season 2, Episode 9. I'm Priya. And I'm John. And we are very excited today because we have our very good friend, Catherine, with us today. Hi. Hello. So Catherine, this is exciting for us because we normally have planned out an episode or we've got a bit of a framework for the kind of path that we're following. And we've bravely, all of us, decided to step in and just have a conversation. Mm. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm excited, actually. I I quite like conversation. It's kind of what I do. So it feels more natural than something more polished, to be honest, for me. Yeah, so let's dive in and just have a conversation. I know, Catherine, when you and I have done work together before, we talk about meetings, right? It's it's meeting magic as an organization that you lead. I just, I, every time you talk about meetings, uh, even though I feel like I know what the word means and we talk about it all the time, I just love the way that you put words to it. So what is it for you? What what is a what is a meeting? What is meeting magic? What is what is that for you? Hmm, thank you. So yeah, well, I mean, interestingly, the word meetings in my business sense came about because 20 years ago, I set up a facilitation business and nobody was looking for facilitation. So the language of meeting was something that resonated for business people as a space where people get together. But I think what I've realized over the years is that that meetings, like the noun meeting, is if you talk to people, what does meeting mean to you when you when you talk about the noun? You know, they tend to talk about having too many meetings, about how increasingly they're virtual meeting, that they're places where people present at each other, where people are aligned, you know, that kind of, you, you know, they don't, they don't feel particularly attractive places to be, to be honest. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I have a view that actually it depends how you meet. That That's what makes a meeting, <laughs> whether it's... And in fact, in preparation for this podcast, I looked up online the definition of the verb uh, meeting. And it felt like there were two very different dimensions. So one dimension of meeting the verb were phrases like to encounter someone, to make the acquaintance of, to assemble, to go to a place, to compete or to encounter, which all feel quite, I don't know, transactional. Mm. And then the other sort of set of definitions were to connect, to touch, to unite, to come together, to fulfil or satisfy a need which feels much more how I see meeting. It's that idea of really connecting and collaborating in a space which can be incredibly powerful, but often isn't people's experience of meeting um, in the workplace anyway. Yeah, so I think that's, you know, I, I talk a lot more about the act of meeting rather than meetings because I think it helps to explore what we mean a bit more rather than meetings where there's a lot of I think existing paradigms around what traditionally happens in those spaces I'm somebody that I I, my my background is I come from a a corporate up until two years ago when I left and I have to admit to having a bit of a a bit of a sense of dread in me about joining a corporate again and 
having to go through that meeting cycle. It, it feels like an obstacle course. You know, you get to kind of the end of Monday and you've sat in nine meetings yeah. and then you get to the end of Friday and you've, you know, done three all dayers. And I notice that in my clients a lot of the time, they're just always in and out of meetings. Yeah. And people's time to actually do work seems to now be at the weekends and evenings because in the week we're just in meetings. Yeah. But I think the irony is, you know, we're spending all this time in meetings and we're not actually being met. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, what what just happened between the three of us? So, you know, I, I came onto this uh, podcast upset. I've had a difficult day and I felt able to be honest about that with you two. And it was really powerful to be able to just say that rather than to try and put on a brave face and go, oh, yeah, bloody bloody blah, blah, let's get into the podcast, you know, yeah. and pretend that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think in, the, in my experience of the workplace, it's often um, the bloody bloody blah, blah, blah that happens and we don't, yeah, we don't really meet, meet each other. When we're when we're working together, and I'll mirror that back for you because I I felt met, I felt connected. There, there was a real, there was a rawness and an authenticity that came with it. So I resonated with it, and it, it it for the impact on me is that I want then my raw, authentic, whatever the words are there, to come out too. And for me in this moment, it's a curiosity. It, it really is thinking about you as a person. How are you? And checking in with you and knowing that you've got business top of mind for you. How is the business? What's the business going to do? I guess now that I say that out loud, I'm not even sure what question to quite ask or I don't know. To me, it's almost sort of um, just holding on to the moment of we've met and here we are holding that meeting. Uh, I don't even know if, if words are helpful. I don't know. There's a little quote, actually, that um, was another thing I picked up for this that comes from um, Heisner and Jacobs. They're two um, gestalt therapists. And I I, I love this quote because I think it plays to what you just said, John. It says, um, each of us secretly and desperately yearns to be met, to be recognized in our uniqueness, our fullness and our vulnerability. We yearn to be genuinely valued by others as who we are and even that we are. The being of each of us needs to be revered by ourselves, but also by others. And without that, we're not fulfilled. We're not fully ourselves. And I I think, I know that comes from a therapeutic text, but I think it talks to the the quality of dialogue that we can have between people when when we choose to be met and when we choose to meet others that is often rare in business meetings. Thank you for that reading. I really like it. What it's making me reflect on is kind of where I started, where I said, you know, actually, I was really tired. I have a bit of a dread of meetings. And actually what that quote makes me think of is how many times I went into a meeting to get a job done rather than be with the people. Do you know, I I went in to get a task done, to, you know, get something off my to-do list, to move something forward. And so my job came into the room or my task came into the room. And almost to get that done, sometimes I wonder if I left a little bit of me outside the door. Mm. And in doing so, 
I, I think the effect is then other people leave themselves out, out of the door. So if, if you'd come on the call, for example, today and been like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine when it wasn't fine, you know, we would have had a great conversation, but, but I feel like there would have been a disconnect there. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. I think people feel it. I mean, I, mm. I, I think it's, it's often hard to put words to, but there's a, I think there's that feeling of we know when we've really been met and when we meet others and we know when we don't. And it's a powerful difference, I think. I mean, if I just think about the way people typically introduce themselves in business meetings, so, you know, they might go round the table and just I'm thinking about what you just said, Priya, is they give their names and their job titles, (laughs) which really doesn't tell you anything about them as a person. Whereas, you know, if I was going to, you know, reveal more of myself in, in a way that allows me to be met... You know, I wouldn't talk about my name and my job title. I'd talk about the fact that, for example, you know, I'm the daughter of a Sri Lankan man and an English woman. So I've grown up, you know, with East and West in my life. I'd talk about the fact that I studied engineering and the sciences, but actually I love art, you know, and I'm a mu- and I do a lot of music. You know, I'd probably talk about the fact that I've got two children, two teenage children, and I've known the I, I know the pain and the joy of of birth, motherhood, parenting and and all that goes with that. And at the same time I'm a single parent and I've got experience of loss and death and blame. My um my husband died by suicide. So I, I bring all of that experience, you know, in all my work. In Conversational leadership is one of the other topics we talked about. The question worth asking there was, what's the conversation we need to be having right now? Or worded slightly different, are we having the conversation we need to be having right now? Uh, I'm kind of asking all three of us, what is that right now? And if I offer my guess right now is something about, I, I, I notice myself going into devil advocate mode of, I'm with you. Let's let's talk about meeting each other and getting reintroduced and rehumanizing the workplace is a little bit of the corporate speak around that. But I'm also thinking of the, uh, I dare to say, a lot of the executives I've worked for would right away say, what's the business value of that? How's that going to grow the top line? How's that going to cut the bottom line or vice versa? Um, right? Like business value. We're, we're running a for-profit here. How, how does a meeting help that? I don't know if that's the conversation we need to be having, but that's what's popping up for me. What about you two? So for me, Catherine, just listening to what you just said, when you talked about how you would describe yourself, you know, child of East and West and your experience of loss and parenthood and art and engineering, what happened for me in that moment was it was like a sense of expansion. Um, Mm. And as I watched you expand and kind of give us reference points around your kind of map of your life. I felt I some, something happened to me where I felt expanded. Like I, I, you know, in this conversation, I think I'm more in it than I sometimes am, am when my when my head's in the conversation, but my kind of heart, spirit, body really isn't. Mm. And I think that, you know, I'm definitely guilty sometimes of having a head-to-head conversation and then walking away going, hmm, that person wasn't very engaging or, you know, and actually what you're making me think of and to answer John's question is sometimes it's about the quality of attention we're giving to people. You know, am I meeting somebody or am I in a meeting? Mm. 
Um, yeah. And there's a question for me, for me to go, you know, what, what am I, am I being expansive? Am I paying attention to somebody else's expansion and allowing that to happen as well? So I think I think there's a mirroring question for yourself to go if you're dissatisfied with the meetings or you're dissatisfied with the quality of these conversations there's a bit of a look in the mirror moment for me to mm. to ask myself am I am I in a meeting or am I meeting someone I love what you've just said Priya because I I hadn't really thought about it before but what you've said makes me think that when when I go to a meeting somebody else often owns that meeting and Mm. I come along and I can be passive in that whereas actually if I meet somebody I share responsibility for that meeting that yeah it's not someone else it's a a mutual thing there's a creation I think effect that happens Uh, maybe that's the collaboration piece that you were talking about when you started there's a there's I'm gonna I've got some skin in the game in this conversation because I'm I, just going back to John's question, one of the questions, because I was thinking about what's the question worth asking here in this, in this subject. And one, and I had a number of ideas, but one of the ideas was, you know, how do we meet the world where it is to shift how we meet as human beings? And the reason that I chose that phraseology is because, you know, what your question, John, provoked for me is even the fact that people see the business and people as separate things. Mm. So this is something I feel like I keep bumping into, that somehow there's um, a view that we can run our businesses without paying attention to people and still be successful. And, you know, maybe there is a level of success that is achievable by treating people as, you know, components of a machine but I think it's limited and and if if you know if I I love the language of expansion you know so many organizations do employee engagement surveys and they talk about people wanting people to bring their whole selves to work but how can you bring your whole self to work if when you're a bit messy you have to suppress it or leave it in the car park you know you can't bring that part of yourself I love that because because in 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 the very nature of bringing your whole self your whole self is not neat. Yeah. And and box, you know, it's not it's not nine lovely boxes that all fit together in a lovely jigsaw. We all have jagged edges. We have frayed bits. We have bits that don't quite fit yet, or we we can't see yet, and that's messy. Yeah. My messiness is clear for me in this moment, where I notice that I feel down between you two. I, I sense that you're both. I'm I'm here. But um, I sense that you two are sort of all in and I'm a little bit um, watching almost. Um, I, I, I don't sense that I've checked in. I don't feel like my messiness is not here yet. Um, and by offering that, what I just said, I, I think is the beginning of like me. I, I can almost picture me sort of like reaching out for you two saying, hey, I want to join in too, but I'm not sure how. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's also common for people too. Of uh, you know, like, yes, I sensed that we didn't. We had a business meeting and we didn't meet each other. But I don't know how. I'm I'm not sure how to offer myself or, or lead with my heart or own responsibility for being messy. Um, yeah, and that's happening for me as I speak right now. 
Do you feel more in now than you did a minute ago? Yeah, yeah, I do. Thank you. What what made the difference? Just by by speaking from the heart, whatever that means. Um, not trying to sound smart, not trying to impress you or anyone. Just being messy, raw, me. Does it land? Mm. I have more of a sense of you now, yeah, than I did. I, I hadn't noticed it, which is maybe maybe that's part of it, actually, John. I hadn't noticed that you were not there. Mm. Um, and that is a direct mirror of what you've just said about not feeling like you were in. And I, I wonder if that re- gets replicated in meetings, you know, where people don't feel in, don't know how to get in. And, and almost don't don't feel attended to. Do you know what I mean? Don't. Yeah. There's no attention, and and what happens? You know, I think people get disengaged when that happens, or they get t- tired. I think. And it was so simple, but you both did this. Catherine said, "Going back to John's question," and I felt a sense of pride. I felt a sense of of offering. I, I saw like a visual mm. hand coming out saying, John, come on in if you'd like. Like, here's an <laughs> offer. And Priya, you had said to Catherine before, Catherine, I love when you said that. And so, like, you know, I sensed that connection. So I don't know, maybe it's as simple as, as you're just now saying, it's, it's the offer. And I think when we say those things, it's an indication of the quality of listening isn't it Mm. um i mean i think it's otto sharma's work he talks about four different levels of listening and i think a lot of well the listening that goes on in most a lot of meetings is sort of at that very knowledge-based you know exchanging or either confirming what we already know um about things or just looking at the sort of data rather than that deeper generative listening that you know, makes you feel like you're really hearing somebody with the intention to understand their meaning rather than just just the words. In in coaching, um, in, in my world, I, you know, we hear about the power of listening all the time. You know, we hear about it all the time. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's a function of getting older, but the older I get, the more I realise how rare it is to be listened to, like yeah. truly, truly listened to. Yeah. Like it's not a given. It's not a, you know, people that do it really well. It, one, it's rare. And two, it's amazing. I'm in mm-hmm. awe of people that can hold it. You know, I, I think I'm better now than I was five years ago. But but I, I had experience of people in my life who are real, real listeners. And it is, I to- it really is transformative. I totally believe that. Do we feel heard right now, the three of us? I do yeah so I do but John I have a um a concern in my head and I'm wondering do you feel heard I think so yeah I think I am somewhere between my head and my heart right now thinking I I've enjoyed the questions and the comments from both of you and I'm wondering how much I've actually added so there's a self-doubt self-confidence thing going on for me in the moment but I'm separating that from feeling heard and welcomed and connected. Mm. I'm holding both as true. So my feeling, John, is what you did by saying, by naming where you, you know, how you were feeling is you sort of took responsibility for being included and, and not try. I think you didn't use these words, but, you know, not trying to be smart or perfect and stuff. Cause I think, you know, part of meeting people 
is about how willing are people to be vulnerable and show their messiness because we do live in a world where I think there's a lot of pressure to not be messy to be perfect Mm -hmm. yeah so it's quite hard well I know I find it hard sometimes to be be who I really am because I'm not I'm very far from perfect (laughs) so yeah it reminds me of a quote I saw on LinkedIn and I forgive me I don't I don't know who wrote it I think it was like a Twitter um, thing and it's she was a working mum and she said I spend all my time at work pretending that I don't have a baby and then I spend all my time at home pretending that I don't have a job Mm. And I'm trying to be perfect in both. And it's mm. just, uh, you know, I, I, it's unsustainable. So it's making me think about all those people that do have messiness, whether that's a child or mental health or they're just having a bad day or, you know, whatever. And and how much energy it must take to go into work and pretend that all of that messiness isn't there. Yeah. So there's your business benefit, John, isn't it? I mean, I'm just sort of thinking about what you said, Priya, and if you times that by, let's say, an organisation that's got a 1,000 people, and the chances are 800 of them have got messiness going on in their <laughs> lives at least. Of course. And so 800 of them are using a lot of energy to, you know, contain that in their workplace. Yeah. When actually, and if I just think about what happened to me in this call, that the my ability to just name the fact that I wasn't feeling great actually allowed a lot of the emotion to kind of flow so that I could be present in this conversation. And, and actually, I'm really enjoying the conversation and I feel really engaged in it in a way that if I was just suppressing all that emotion, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it would be different. So that 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 seems like a place where we can go, what's the question worth asking? So I'm going to give you guys a minute just to have a think. I'm going to offer what mine, what I think mine is. And I think it's this thing about if you're a leader or you're a community worker or whatever you're doing and you're convening people, I think I'd follow on from Catherine, your point. Are you running a meeting or are you meeting people? Is there space for the messiness? Um, is the question that I think is probably worth asking for me from this conversation. What about you guys? I will try and say it. In, it's very similar for me, mm-hmm. almost identical. The words seem to be, uh, I, I think it's maybe even identical to what you said before, Priya. Are we in a meeting right now or are we being met? Nice. I mm. think is the wording for me, but Catherine, help us out. I, I like that, John. <laughs> I don't know, it feels a bit like, oh, touche, how do I... Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Do I, I vote for John's, I vote yeah, for John's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my offer would be something along the lines of, um, you know, how do we meet people in our meetings? No. So that feels like a place to bring this conversation to a close. Thank you very much, Catherine, for joining us today. Thank you for being so real and raw and allowing us to be expanded in realness and rawness. So for me, it's goodbye from the UK, which as of February, sorry, February 13th of 2019, we are still in the EU. (laughs) I like to mention that on every single episode. (laughs) And for me, it's goodbye from just outside Washington, D.C. and the east coast of the United States. And Catherine? It's goodbye from Marlowe.
Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, it's your turn to ask the questions worth asking.